Welcome to episode 8 of the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast by Life Confident, where we focus on melting away shyness and social anxiety, building skyscraper confidence, and developing cloud-bursting social skills. I'm your host, Richard Gray, and today's topic is the five biggest shyness questions answered, such as, can you overcome shyness? In whatever context you're suffering it, such as at work, in school, or in just social situations. But if you're young, you may be wondering if girls like shy boys, or vice versa. Or you may be wondering how you can overcome being shy. As you grow a little older, you begin wondering if shyness will ever go away with age. As a person approaching his 50th birthday... I've lived all these questions and concerns about shyness and social anxiety. I'm going to give you the answers straight, but here's the catch. They come from my real experiences of shyness, not from studies, theories, zero-order correlations, longitudinal predictions of parent-related shyness, teacher-related shyness, etc., In order to answer your questions and concerns on this matter meaningfully and without any distracting study variables, I'm going to do it through the context of a personal story. So for me, life began as a very outgoing and somewhat rebellious child. No shyness behaviours here. I often played the class clown and got lots of laughs, as well as invitations to visit the headmaster. Whoops. But underlying it all, was something darker, something about me that the other children didn't understand or relate to. By age 12, I was becoming much more self-aware of that undefinable difference as it built transparent walls between me and my peers, brick by self-consuming brick. A wall that no amount of clowning around could knock down. At age 14, I had no social skills and an extreme shyness that meant talking to girls felt the equivalent of bench-pressing an A38 Airbus. My parents had just moved us from the north of England to the south, where my northern accent stood out in my new school like an angry goat in an upper-class tea shop. That was unfortunate because I had just developed a crush on a girl that would change everything. For her part, she must have been aware of my interest in her, although it was not down to me actually telling her. A million stolen glances must have been a big clue, though. Or perhaps it was the card I gave her, with a picture of a lion on it, and the words, I would be lying if I said I didn't love you. I know, I know, you don't need to tell me. But for her part, she tolerated and maybe even basked in my teenage adoration without ever encouraging it. Then one day, things took a very surprising turn. After finishing my morning paper round early one morning, I found myself arriving at school an hour early, and there she was, leaning against a lamppost outside the school, cutting a lonely figure as she waited for it to open. My heartbeat raced, It's easy to avoid direct conversation or be a silent listener when others are doing all the talking. Now, it was just me and her and no way of avoiding some 
interaction. I parked my bike up and with adrenaline-laden legs, I approached her and made a greeting. The winds of time deny me remembering what I actually said, but I can assure you, it didn't go much beyond a basic high. So there we stood, in seemingly companionable silence, until other kids began trickling along, and the school gradually wound into life. But that was not to be the end of this story. Out of curiosity, the next morning, I did my 30-minute cycle to school, ensuring I again arrived an hour early, just to see if she would be there. She was. A beautiful, mystery-shrouded model, with the sleeves of her royal blue uniform jumper pushed up to her shoulders to expose the full-length white sleeves of her school shirt beneath. No one else wore their uniform this way. That was her style alone. Q, heart-fluttering degrees of anxiety and an instant brain fog as I joined her at the lamppost once more. That was how close I was to this sapphire jewel, the girl I imagined spending the rest of my life with, the girl I could not speak to or even look at directly, not least because we were back to back at the lamppost. And so the scene was set for the next two years, come rain or shine, summer or winter of the years 1986 to 1988. One hour in her exclusive company every morning, when time and tide would suspend itself for us. Nobody else, no smartphones, no conversation, just us. I could have talked to her about anything, about the paper round I did before arriving each morning, and now I had to use my bike as a barrier against a dozen devil dogs, blood-thirsty for the flesh of a paper boy, and no adults around to tell them no. I could have told her a million anecdotes about myself, such as the morning I got run over whilst walking to junior school one morning, and me trying to get up and carry on going to the shock of the car driver. I could have told her about the day I arrived at that same school to find a crowd of kids waiting for me outside, only to discover that my older brother had arrived earlier and told everyone that I had shaven all my hair off. I should have asked many questions about her and why she always turned up an hour early to school. I know why I did, but not why she did. Did she have problems at home? There was a little child shyness about her, but nothing in my league. Neither was she withdrawn or unhappy that I could tell. But then I never asked. I never asked her what her plans and dreams were for the future. I didn't ask her any of the questions you ask somebody that you want to learn all about. The most surprising part was that she didn't stop turning up early now that she wasn't alone anymore. These are the kinds of regrets a shy person has. Lifelong regrets for letting that special person get away. For the moments and opportunities that you don't take advantage of and have those conversations with all because of a temporary fear of embarrassment. Those opportunities came to me in abundance, and I squandered every last one. I carried her picture in my wallet for the next five years after leaving school and home at the age of 16, through a five-year journey into alcoholism, drugs, 
and bad company. But there she still was, like some distant guardian angel, until another girl drifted into my life for a short term and removed her picture from my wallet. It took another five years for me to fully waste that ten-year period of life that most people will consider their best. That time when you're young and schooling is just finished. Your commitments and responsibilities are few or none. The world is at your feet and anything seems possible. Ten years to hit rock bottom before I found a new journey of self-development and so began the fight back. So here's my answers to some of the questions you may have about your own shyness, concerns and regrets. The five most asked shyness questions. Number one, is being shy attractive? The answer is 80% no. While some will find your shyness to be charming, a charming element of your personality, it can't be the whole package. If it is, you're likely to find yourself in the friend zone or in an unbalanced relationship. One, where your partner has all the power and you feel more like a pet that can be quarantined or given away any time you become inconvenient. Whether you're a boy or a girl, your potential future partners will always be more attracted to confidence than shyness. Deep in the ancient instinctive part of our brains, the part where the fight or flight response lives, we all know that a confident partner will be more of an asset to our chances of survival and success than a shy partner. Question two, are we born shy? The answer is 80% no. This question implies that if we are, then there is nothing we can do about our shyness. So you're either asking because you want to know if you can change your life or you're looking for a lifelong excuse. In other words, you're looking to absolve yourself of responsibility when opportunities are wasted, like I wasted mine. I hope you're asking for the former reason, because the answer is no. No, you weren't born with shyness. You didn't even become self-aware until the age of around one. Some will dispute this, and there may well be markers in your DNA that make it more challenging for you to be outgoing or you may just be a natural introvert. But ultimately, it's your environment, your role models and your peers that influenced how your shyness behaviours developed. Question three. Does shyness go away with age? And the answer is no. Shyness does not go away with age. It simply becomes your behavioural furniture. In other words, you just get so used to living your life a certain way. At some point, you stop trying and make it your comfort zone. You accept this is who you are. This is the way things are. These are my limitations. Whether that's an acceptable outcome for you is a personal choice. But you're still listening. You're still here with me, which means you're still up for the fight back. And I'm happy about that. Speaking personally, I never thought shyness was an acceptable status quo. Some, however, will insist there's nothing wrong with being shy. Just as some overweight people will say, that's fine too. 
But both these things come with their restrictions, whether that's on your health or on your life opportunities. And to be clear, I'm only against accepting those restrictions that are in our power to reduce or remove entirely. Question four, can you overcome being shy? And the answer is 80% yes. At this moment in time, it may feel to you like shyness is so much a part of who you are that to be any other way would be impossible. So, if shyness doesn't go away naturally over time, the next natural question is, then how? You can, of course, try faking it until you make it. But if you ever tried that approach, you will know you're only lying to yourself. If your shyness is fairly mild, then just getting out there and talking more, just like your friends are always telling you to do. Now that may help, but you're not listening to me because you have a mild case. I've spent more than 20 years pushing the boundaries of self-development and creating the tools to remove them. So while my answer is a resounding yes, you can overcome shyness, or more accurately, take charge of it you'll likely still have around about 20% residual shyness in your personality, and that's more than okay. Question five, what is the difference between shyness and social anxiety? Before asking any of these previous questions, do you know for sure that you are shy? The line or distinction is often blurred between introversion, shyness, and social anxiety. It's easy to think you were born shy, and therefore there's nothing you can do about it. But actually, you may simply be an introvert who can function happily and comfortably without the need for the attention or approval of others. Shyness defines itself more clearly from introversion, with varying intensities of self-consciousness and an impulse to avoid attention or embarrassment. The line again blurs between shyness and social anxiety. The latter comes with bigger teeth and a wider variety of behavioural triggers. The further along the scale that you go. If you're not sure where the line between shyness and social anxiety lies, then in the simplest of terms, if you are driven to avoid attention by being quiet in company, then you're shy. If you're driven to avoid company and social interactions, as well as the attention, then you may have social anxiety. You can take a very simple three-question test, known as the mini-spin social phobia inventory assessment, developed by Dr. Jonathan Davidson of Duke University. The mini-spin is generally used by doctors as a first-step screening process for social anxiety disorder. Okay, thank you for listening. This has been the Disruptive Social Skills Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or anywhere all good podcasts can be found so you don't miss the next episode. To find out more about Life Confidence World exclusive programs such as the Mental Health Master Plan, the Small Talk Master Keys program or to try the Mini Spin Screener visit lifeconfident.com. Thanks for listening. I've been Richard Gray, and you've been amazing.